Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Troy Linder. Um, Troy is the host of a TV show. I think he does Wandering Fisherman, Angling Buzz, and Ontario Experience. Um, great guy. I met him through Derek Stewart again. Thanks, Derek, for helping out. And uh, we had a great conversation. We talk about uh, YouTube, Instagram, his life, like I like to, just, you know, about the guy. Um, and he had some great points. And he also... Uh, Gave me a pretty good compliment about the podcast, about uh, pretty much what my expectation of it is. And you guys could hear that in there. And uh, it's a great guy. Check out his show, support him, follow him on Instagram, Troy Linder. Um, tackle shops that are open that I know. Uh, I didn't reach out to anyone this week, sorry. It's going to be uh, Performance Tackle, Save on Tackle. I'm pretty sure the Long Fin's still open. Uh, Last Chance is open. And that's all I know right now. I got to get with people to do uh, to do something to do commercials. Um, if you guys follow me on Instagram, my car got stolen. Well, my I guess it's my me and my wife's car, but she picked it out. Expedition. So it's kind of crazy to walk out and get my car stolen. So different. COVID got me in a different way. But uh, hope everyone's staying safe. Uh, next week will be the informative fisherman, and then. Uh, I think I have Sly Guy Lures on, and I have some couple more lined up. I'm hoping we can open it back up and, and do some uh, in-person ones in the next uh, couple weeks once, once this is all over with, and uh, I'll, practice. I'll still be practicing social distancing and, and making sure we're safe and you know uh, spray everything down before I get anyone in. Uh, if you guys give us five stars, great. I uh, hope everyone's staying safe, catching some fish, and hear from you next week. Here our uh, ad is from uh, Oluka again. All right, thanks, guys. Aloha was born in Hawaii, but the Aloha spirit holds no geographic boundaries. With Aloha as our foundation, Olukai takes a different approach to footwear. Olukai crafts only the highest quality shoes and sandals with premium materials and artistic story detail with a style, durability, and versatility for today's watermen and waterwomen who lead an active ocean-bound lifestyle. In fact, Olukai's water-friendly, I'm going to try this, Nohia Maku, Slip-on shoe and ulele sandal are actually made to get wet. Instead of me talking, I'm going to uh, insert Benny. Benny Florentino is a guest of the podcast, and he has way more experience with this than I do. So I'd rather have you guys hear the truth than me try to give you something fake. Listen. 
You know, I've been fortunate enough to be an, uh, an ambassador for Olokai for the past five years. And, you know, they just came out with Ulele. Uh, it's all-day comfort footbeds and the non-marking outer sole. So for those of you who have really expensive boats, they're not going to mark the sole up. And it's non-skid. That wet grip rubber outsole for great traction on wet surfaces is phenomenal. And they look good and comfortable. Whether you're loading up the boat with supplies at the dock, shoreline fishing from the rocks, or scoping out the best place to cast from the beach, Nohia Maku and Ulele is destined to keep you sure-footed with comfortable island style through every step of the journey. Shop or find your local retail at olukai.com. To support the podcast, go to www.olukai.com forward slash cast and crank. Please guys, go if you're going to buy a pair of sandals, just go out there and uh, get online and go to that link. It's going to help us a lot. Check it in the bio of the podcast. Thanks again for listening, guys. All right, Troy. Um, another uh, another one from Derek Stewart helping us out, hooking us up. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, you're kind of uh, been doing this for a minute and your dad, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we could we could just start off by uh, with your dad and kind of go from there. How uh, how that all, I mean, being a little kid and kind of coming to where you are now, you know. Yeah, uh, I do want to thank Derek Stewart for kind of hook, hooking us up on here. He <laughs> he played a quick backstory how I got introduced uh, to your podcast through him when we would we drove out to Lake we go fishing and, and he and he told me about it a while ago. And we <laughs> listened to it a number of them driving out there. Todd Klein, one of them, and some yeah. of the other. It was it was um, uh, really informative uh, and, and a lot of and a lot of fun to listen to real talk, not necessarily you know like rod reel line, you know parallel this, and you got to do this 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 to get to get some great information uh, from the industry, from people in the industry, you know, apart from specifically just fishing techniques, the stories that make us human, yeah, and, and what happens outside of. I appreciate you recognizing that because. That's kind of what I wanted from the beginning was more than I, I, like I'm a I mean I fish for ten years but I want to know the funny stories or the stuff like you said that make people human and that was the goal of the podcast from the beginning was just to make it a human story you know like we we share something but we might laugh at the same things also you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. but yeah man let's hear your story man that's why we want to have you on you know I mean from being a kid and kind of doing you know the same thing your dad kind of did you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my father started, uh, he knew at a very young age that he wanted to get into fishing. He grew up uh, in Chicago, summered in in uh, Wisconsin, up in the Hayward area. You know, I'll kind of, kind of fast track a lot of his things. He, you know, him and his brother, they were pouring jigs in the basement, you know, paying their buddies a little bit, trying to make this tackle company called Lindy Tackle. And then... I might get some of these things out of order. They sold, you know, then that, that became Lindy Little Joe. That was, they sold that to Railback and then it became Lindy Little Joe later on. And, and they started an information report, which later became in Fisherman Magazine. So they started these subscriptions back then. You have to do the mail-in report. So you'd mail in the car, you know, you you know, fishing report, and I think they're called fishing segments. You, used to, you get 12 a year or something, and they got the initial order, which back then you could send cash in the mail and checks, and it would be fine. You didn't have to worry about it getting stolen. <laughs> and so they sent on all this money, 
that came in and then they had four weeks to develop a product or finish the product and get it shipped out. And, you know, today you can do it digitally. Yeah. Back then you had to mail out, you know, stamp every single, you know, every single one and, and you know, hand sign, hand sign, you know, a lot of the addresses. And, and then that kind of morphed into, you know, in Fisherman Magazine. And there was a, there was a time when my dad was fishing. You know, he's a bass tournament fisherman on the Bassmaster Tour, fished mm-hmm. in the very early years. And it was interesting, at the, the same year, him, two other guys, all left professional bass fishing. So it was him, he went to go do the media side, TV and print. Uh, Bill Dance, that would go to do television. And the other guy went to go, as my dad's, he told my dad, Johnny Morris, he told my dad something <laughs> to the effect, I'm going to go try to start a little tackle store. And then it became Bass Pro Shops. So wild, and they all left man. at the same time, the exact same year. And they talked about, you know, when you, you sit around a tournament and, and you sit around and talk about the event afterwards. And Bill's like, yeah, I think I'm not good. You know, um, I think I'm going to go try TV. You know, I'm going to try this new thing. And my dad's like, all right, I'm going to try that and this. And then, and then Johnny Moore's like, all right, I'm going to go open a, a tackle store. Just a tackle store. That's it, huh? <laughs> Just a little tackle store at that. <laughs> you know, at the time, well, you know, how, how the each of their, you know, businesses in the, in the fishing industry kind of grew to what, you know, what they are and how they've transformed and how they sold, you know, and fishermen, they sold that back in, I think 99 or 2000 was officially when it it transferred over and been away from that for, you know, for 20 years until intermediate production is strictly digital, Mm -hmm. which everything is going. And, and something like we're doing right now didn't even really, you know, 20 years ago, a podcast. Yeah. I mean, I have a, a guy I fish with, uh, Seth Nyswanger. His dad ran a radio show, I think, on, I forgot what it was called, but it was pretty big. And he, we, we've talked to him, and, and uh, you know, just from radio to now to podcast, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, even with you, with the digital TV show. So you've been doing a TV show for a minute now, right? Yeah, yeah. I, growing up in the, in the industry, it's kind of what, I knew and it's what I know. I can't compare it to any other way of growing up because it's the way I grew up. My dad was on the road, probably, which I'm sure a lot of business, if they grew up their fathers, you know, traveled. He was gone 250 days a year for many years in a row, just, try, you know, traveling, trying to build a business. And it's what I knew. It wasn't anything. Um, just the way life was. And it was fine. And... Uh, and trying to grow, you know, and, and I was just a young kid when you're young like that. You don't really know what's going on. And, and, and it was, you know, it was just grew up fishing. We got around, you know, at family events. We all, we talked fishing. Everything was around fishing. It was business and fishing. And that's yeah. kind of what I've grown to know. And, and when I was on some of the, some of the shows, you know, in the early years, you know, I'd be on some of the, some of the episodes and then it was kind of fun and a big giant cameras, you know, now you can, you, well, you can shoot, I mean, with, with this, I can shoot 4k with this yeah, phone right. right now, which only a few years ago was, you know, you had to have the red cameras at 5,000, $10,000 cameras to shoot, you know, 4k. Yeah. And just how the technology has changed the way we get the fishing information from the big cameras and then you had to tune tune into TNN on Saturdays to get the fishing block, the outdoor block. You got your information through print. Um, and when Bassmaster came out, facts of fishing and fishermen, you got you know you read through you know the the articles, the 
and then you went to the you, you take the magazine you look at that then you go to the store because you couldn't you know there was no nothing online and now you can just sit watch something like it click order two days later you got it you know or sometimes <laughs> even the next day you got that lure you can go take it out fishing it's the speed of the information it's just incredible and the fact that it can also connect people in ways that you know, with the, with everything that we're having to do here in California, with the stay-at-home order and the kind of the the quarantine that's that's going on, and the and the you know the state of the country that we can actually video each other, meet you know, and meet virtually and talk about yeah. fishing, talk about life this way is truly incredible. I mean, it's this is this is a way to connect and reach people. That's just awesome. Yeah, and for you, so you've been doing the TV show for a long time, and I'm an audio guy and kind of getting into the video a little bit. So when you kind of started doing this, do you do the whole production kind of on your own now? Are you involved with it, like, from start to finish? The four, the two of the TV shows that I, I, I the Angling Buzz, that, um, that's kind of the mid, it's kind of a sports center for the upper Midwest, what's happening in, in parts of, Ontario, Canada, and Canada, mm-hmm. in the upper Midwest, for kind of fishing report, and that's in the summertime. And I'm mainly on camera for that, and I do some of the, I do some of the, um, some of the segments. I'll get B-roll for it, and work on some of the editorial content for it. But a lot of the editors that are there, Jim Grover, Brand Brown, they, you know, they they film, they edit those pieces together. My cousin James kind of puts together the overall thematically each show you know he kind of oversees and produces that for Ontario experience now that we filmed three seasons of it I was a backup or am I guess a backup cameraman I guess to reduce production costs <laughs> we're out in the field so it's myself like the last couple of seasons Pete Poloni and just him and him and I would go out in the field and the way we would shoot it and I'd have my GoPros for side shots and then you'd have the bigger cameras for, for drone shots. And, and if we do everything right, it looks like a multi-person production. <laughs> <laughs> so that, uh, so if you see those shows for the most, it's just me and him. And a, a lot of time we're out in a, a 16 foot aluminum thing in the middle of the wilderness off the grid and we're, you know, and we're filming and then he's getting, the, you know, and, and you're in a very confined space on those lighter boats and he's leaning over the side with a very expensive camera so i have to be careful how i move and how, you know we're not in a big fancy bass boat for the most for the most part pretty much we're always with a 20 horse to 40 horse tiller and a 16 foot aluminum that's the way pretty much all those if you look at a lot of the episodes sometimes we're in a 9.9 and a 14 foot aluminum and those things which are pretty much the rental boats like yeah. southern cow you go to those rental boat <laughs> And you get two guys, camera equipment and everything, air drones, you know, and trying to, you know, Peter, it's 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 a it's a fun challenge, you know, to get the fish and get the fish on camera, especially in those small, limited conditions. And you can do it in the, the other part, you know, people that are, you know, people if they're thinking about starting a YouTube channel where they're they're filming and that you know, and they see these big fancy bass boats, it's easy to film on a twenty foot big boat or in the ocean if you're on a 24 foot but it's yeah. easy to get all the room in the world to film on that and you can also do it on a small boat you're not limited by you know the size of the vessel yes and a lot of these times so you're out like in the wilderness like there's not really anyone around right yeah last yeah. year we was that at no it was at two years not not last summer 
that was the summer before we went to Sudbury. So that was we did two totally remote ones where Lake Sudbury Aviation they drop you off. They come in a float plane. Um, you know, we drop you off, and then they leave you there for a few days. And we didn't have a sat phone. We had nothing, you know. And then if the weather <laughs> permitting, um, they come and they pick you up sometime in the morning and basically you sit and you listen for the plane to come over. Wow. And, which is the way it's been for a lot of years. But it's very – you step differently, you walk differently when you have an – you know – any movement, you know, a movement like that, a twisted ankle, a broken leg, you can't get any, you can't get out. Anything happens over the boat. Like, you're just more, it makes you more present and more careful with all your movements, medical emergencies, everything. You're just more careful. It, Have you, do you run into nature sometimes, like bears or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, we'll see moose, um, we'll see bears. This last year did see, which is rare, really cool, saw a wolf wow. across in which they are. Wow. From what I understand <laughs> from the hunters, the wolves are, the black bears up there are kind of, you know, we've seen a number of black bears, and they're kind of like big dogs. You know, you don't hear really about black bear to obviously grizzlies, mm-hmm. um, but black bears, from what I've seen personally, which is not a lot of interaction, but they're just big dogs. If you stand up and you make noise, they, they kind of creep in, they kind of, they're like a they kind of see what's going on. They'll look at you, and then if you go, ah, they'll pretty much they'll they get kind of defend with if, if they don't have cubs or they're not guarding food or something, you know. Yes. And they're a very curious, uh, a very curious animal. And the wolves talking to the outdoorsmen up there and the people that said the wolves are the scariest because they don't let you know they're there. They are, they're there, and you hear them howl. They said they they hear they're. They're more afraid of the wolves than bears because the wolves, you know, you just turn and it's like a velociraptor. All of a sudden, it's right there. <laughs> it's on the side, right. and, and the, the black bears are bigger. We we did one of the – we went to um, – uh, a couple years ago, we went – we took a – there's a food dump. A lot of the lodges, they have a food – if they got to dump their food, um, they have a dump, a garbage dump, and that's, that's um, bear magnets. Wow. So we, you know, because they come and they can get the food. So they have it far away from the lodge. So you drive, all, you know, so the lodge stays safe. So you get to drive miles out, dump whatever excess stuff that you have. And boy, we came in and the bears were right on. It was, they were like right on cue. It was, wow. it, you know, and this bear came down the trail. We just sat and it, it was just, just wait and watch. And we're like, and you've seen this big bear just right down the trail and then not, you know, right behind us, maybe 50 yards. It went into the woods and you've heard nothing. It's crazy, right? It's like so crazy. It's so quiet. Yeah. You can't hear it. You couldn't hear it. And I'm like, I'm listening as they try to listen. I hear nothing. You hear birds. And all of a sudden it comes out in front of you. Like, you got to be kidding me how an animal that big can be so quiet. And it just, it, it's it's you know it's given me a much greater i'm not a hunter uh, i guess fishing is a form of hunting but mm-hmm. not in the sense you know i i don't own a gun i don't own a bow um but it gives me a, a much greater respect for people that do go out and, you know and hunt those animals and looking back at the our ancestors across the world you know hundreds of years ago a couple hundred years ago when they had to hunt to go get food and chase down these animals. I mean, that's, 
we're spoiled. I can go down to Sprouts, Ralph's, and I can go get packaged <laughs> <laughs> beef really easily. <laughs> you know, with, with you know, I want seven percent fat content, fifteen percent <laughs> fat content. I get it just right. Yeah, if it's not grass finished, grain finished, you know. <laughs> We're, we're spoiled, but, yeah. but it's, you know, we're, we're living in a very, even with everything going on, it's still, I think conditions worldwide are still pretty good based on the, on the shit that's happened over you, the I, lifetime of humans. You right. And so right now, is it kind of like, uh, put a halt to everything due to the whole COVID thing? You kind of like stuck on filming, flying, traveling, anything you got to do, right? Yeah. Everything, the industry pretty much, you know, for the most part, which is nice for what we're doing here. Yeah. You know, all the lakes are pretty much closed. There's, you know, in in this part of the country, I think Arizona shut down all the lakes. I think they just announced like the closure. Most of their lakes, California, were pretty much, you know, shut down. There's probably areas if you, you know, if you wanted to get away on the river, you know, that you could yeah. probably go fish. And and it's different from other parts of the country because there's other part, you know, where you you get a house on a lake and there's you might only be the only house or there's nobody else around. And then you're truly, you're just social distancing as a norm. Yeah, and the today they're going to, or what, tomorrow, actually, they're voting on that whole uh, recreational fishing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Washington already got shut down, right, till the, yeah. I think the 6th, right? Mm-hmm. That's crazy, yeah, I mean, what's your take Before on it'll be next, I think, just for a little while. And What's your take on it? Like, you, you think it's just a better thing for now just to kind of push forward and to everyone take a break from everything? Because a lot of guys are, a lot of guys are kind of like. I mean, some people, you know, argue the rights, yeah. and, I, and I get, the, I understand where they're coming from, and I don't, you know. But it's if we look at the bigger picture of everything, let's just all get through this, and and there, you know, it sucks for the whatever the economic impact of this. And as outdoorsmen, I haven't fished for a while, in you know, in a number of weeks, and it's, I just want to be able to go out and fish, <laughs> maybe just go to the ocean, do some surf fishing, anything, and I, and. And there's ways you could probably justify it, you know, you could like, well, I could probably justify it, but I'm like, do I, is that an example I want to set exactly um, right now? And Nixon is, is no, yeah. I'm choosing not to fish. Yeah. And it's pretty much my life and I'm choosing right now not to fish. Yeah. Now you're just flipping into empty cans and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just pretending they're you know falling asleep and then setting the hook and you know waking up with my arm. <laughs> oh man! And and you know just just um, trying to you know organize tackle and work on past uh, uh, you know me catching up on other media stuff that I that I have to do and kind of planning. If this will be passed, this, this will pass us, and I believe that California being one of the first stay-at-home states, I think we were number, we were the second one, I think, behind Washington. Yeah. And, yeah. You, you know, you've seen a lot of the, at least the reported cases and whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not a medical expert, so whatever that means, from what I'm seeing is it's kind of leveling off, and, and you have places where it's spiking, like in Michigan and that, which, which is pretty pretty interesting yeah um, to see that do you so so you've done the show for a while and I, i'm kind of pick your brain on that because it's kind of cool you you, you kind of grew up in it so for me what has the influence been with youtube and social media because i feel like a lot of people have youtube shows that are just on youtube i get with you, you got to find a sponsor to, to to push the show. The only people I really know that have shows would be like Shay 
And then, um, you know, local knowledge kind of does stuff. And I know how some of that works where, you know, you have to bring a certain amount of sponsors to get the show going. Has, has YouTube like effect? Did your like kind of the way you go about it? I think it's changing, you know, in the past few years, it's, it's been, you know, been in a transition and so the network, you know, the, the, you know, the, a lot of the fishing sponsors do like the network plays outdoor channel, sportsman channel, and, and you adjust it to the, you, you know, you take snippets of the show, you put it online and YouTube and other platforms are sort of changing you know the way things are going and and you're seeing things like carbon tv my outdoor tv you're seeing some of those pop up so it's going you know online you know and the scary thing about youtube i don't know if it's scary but they can just all of a sudden (laughs) decide to demonetize fishing or the way they you know like they're doing with hunting and they're all of a sudden are they doing that with hunting they're demonetizing it uh, I think there you can't there. I've heard some things. I'm not a hundred percent sure, uh-huh. but I'm sure in the algorithm that if if you you know for the most part if you got a gun on there or you they, you know they can track they can put in software to track all that stuff to make wow. make sure it's not shown, or they can somehow behind the scenes however they do the code and the way it's sent to the viewers you mm-hmm. know, um, kind of ch- you know uh, change that up and they also control. You know, the network you can put on is like, you know, you can put on whatever you put on and the monetization is strictly from you have to buy, you know, you buy the airtime, you know exactly how many viewers, you know, you get, you can get the Nielsen reported viewers, you can track a lot of that stuff. It's a little bit more delayed, obviously, than YouTube mm-hmm. and the, you know, the, the YouTube numbers are fine, but you know, how you convert a lot of that, you know, is, is. You know that that you know converting that to sales. You don't need sponsors for YouTube. It's a great way to get, you know, to get your uh, your name out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think where people start and and not copying, but there's a lot of copy. The other thing is YouTube is getting so saturated. Yeah, with I've noticed Me that. Too fishing shows. <laughs> right. I mean, every it's hard because everybody can kind of do something pretty cool with what you can get your hands on. You know what I'm saying? Like you can get your hands on a GoPro, a decent DSLR and Premiere for 500 bucks. You pay the monthly service and you can make an okay product. You know? Yeah. And I think if you're pet, you know, some of the, I think some of the fishermen are in it for the likes and the views and not necessarily, not necessarily the passion for the sport. Yeah. And, you know, passion for growing. And that's what, and that's the, that's the social media engine people want the attention and they want the likes and if there was no instagram if there was no youtube they probably wouldn't fish yeah, or would right. barely fish and that's the truth yeah and i know who they are and i can see them <laughs> on there i can watch this video and see that guy doesn't know how to fish <laughs> and that guy and he doesn't care to know see that and I, i'm glad you're bringing that up because with my program I never talk about what I know because I feel like I'm interviewing you. I don't care what I know. So my goal is to know what you know and to know how you like to come about things. But it's hard because you see guys fish. People just relate to them somehow, maybe, you know, and it's like they just get the likes and the views. And then maybe, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's a hard one. It's a really hard one, you know. But, yeah, I like that you touched on that for sure. Yeah, and some of the, some of the the um, 
And some of the, and I'm saying what, uh, you know, and to define this, people that don't care about fishing. Yes. Those, those, the ones that are personalities in fishing, fine. I enjoy it. I watch their stuff. Yeah. And it's fun to watch. And they, and you can tell that they do care about fishing and they enjoy fishing. And some of them, I've seen channels that, that just come up and I've seen some of the stuff. And I'm just like, you, this guy, you know, all of a sudden you have 12 sponsors. <laughs> Look at this fucking idiot. I cuss on my show, so I'm going to say. <laughs> and how many promos is like, like you wouldn't, you know. And I, and I put this on my Instagram, I think a couple of two or I think two years ago, I said the question, like, if there was no Instagram, would you still fish as much as you did? And would you still fish as hard as you do? Do you feel like a lot of people post, but just go fishing for the picture? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot, a lot of people do. They go out and they go fishing for the picture. And in my, for my, you know, and I have to do that for my sponsor. You know, I, I do it for my sponsors, for my content. I go out and I go fishing for, you know, for the, try to get grab content, which what we're doing right you know, yeah yeah we're, we're doing right now creating content so when you do create content and you uh come up short well on the footage do you ever stunt do you ever stunt fish do you know what that is no never stunt heard of fish. That? i heard it i heard no, what term. is that just like it sounds a stunt man stunt fish you catch the fish you catch the fish and you re <laughs> reuse it again so say you catch- oh, oh, that. Oh, no. <laughs> I've heard it happens on shows. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You got. I mean, I, and I don't hate on it, but you got to do what you got to do to get a shot. But you know, you know the nice, the nice thing, um, you know, the nice thing, you know, when I go up to Ontario and catch those fish, is that you don't, you don't need that. You know, we're up there for a few days, we get the shot, and even, and there's nobody. You know, for the most part, it's just myself in the boat, or, or and and for the most part, I have to get the fish. There's no. We're in a 16 foot. There's no live well. Yeah. There's no live well in those boats, <laughs> and you see us out there. You can't. That's not even an option. And there's, you know, so that there's nobody else out there to go get a fish. And and when we have used fish, um, and some of the, you know, and some of the guy, you know, and then we've been up there filming. It's, you know, like, oh, we got a fish. Do you want to hold it? It's like, no, just we get the shot of the other person holding yes. the fish. They they yes. caught the fish. You catch your own fish. Period. But I'm sure you've, you, I mean, you've been doing this for, for years, your whole life. So you've probably seen it all. People do, people pull all kinds of little, you know, tricks. But I just always wonder, like, I like that. It seems like your show is a little more like, you ever watch Meat Eater? Yes. So like that, you know how he documented his skunks pretty much for hunting, where he won't get a, a, anything. And I really liked that he did that. Like, he, he didn't catch anything. He didn't kill anything. 
Oh, and I posted that. Yeah, too. I've done things. I've done some posts like on on just my Instagram, for for instance, and some my you know some of my YouTube videos. If I didn't catch anything zero or caught a very small fish, I'll hold it up. I've done that. You know, you look at some of my posts. I'm holding up a very small fish, and I say, "Why?" Well, hey, if I was out there for six hours, I caught two. This is the way it goes. This is the reality of it. Um, it's easy to put. That's a nice thing. Instagram. It's really easy to put your big fish up there, and you can do it any. You can pretend like at any time. There's no, in anywhere. I mean, you can fake yeah. so much on Instagram. Yep. Um, and you uh, also, so when you're uh, filming for your stuff, a lot of it is up north, right? Uh, yeah. So you don't have to really worry about pressuring any lakes when you're filming something or rubbing people the wrong way. Uh, in Minnesota, when we film like some of the stuff for, for, if I do some of the shows for like angling edge, fishing edge mm -hmm. and angling buzz, you get, you know, we just try to go out during the middle of the week. And the nice thing in, in Minnesota, the Dakotas, um, where we shoot some of that stuff and even into Wisconsin is you have enough of a variety of lakes that you can get away. There's so many lakes there and there's little hidden gems. So you can go into public water and there might just be a couple other boats there and you can catch fish. Yeah. You know, it does get tough, but there's a lot of lakes, um, like Malak. You just go like, you go out to Lake Malak and, and you won't catch many walleye, but you go out there. Holy, you set the hook. It's big. <laughs> you know, when you could, I mean, they, they, they had it last year. I forgot when they closed off the season last year, but, but, you know, before that you set the hook and it's just big. I mean, you got it. You got a, a great fish. Like I did like this YouTube video when Oliver and I came out there and my dad jumped on the boat for a few hours. We caught some really nice walleye. Um, and I have some of the other, um, uh, shot like when I never really released the footage of the um, Leech Lake when I went up to Leech with my dad, my uncle, and we caught, you know, we got a cast to catch. We got me flipping up, setting the hook on a walleye, and then also releasing the fish so I get the release shot. So there's no, um, what you call it, stunt fishing? Yeah, there you stunt go. Fishing. I want to use that term from now on, Troy. <laughs> you know, for, for stunt fishing, I guess the only, I guess stunt fishing would only be. I guess to justify it, if there was a movie production where yes. they need a fish, if there's a television commercial where you need it, where there's a crew there, then you got a lot of people working and you're not, you're just lifting a fish up. If, if it's a, I won't name any brands, if somebody lifting a fish up out of a live well for a slow-mo shot, then they need a lift over for, for two to, but it's not like you're saying you caught the, you know, it's a beauty shot fish. Yeah from some brand or a tourism thing or something and then you you spin it and then you release it or something like that where you're on it you know but you you know and if you got two fish you but you want to keep the fish healthy as, as much as you can but you know so if i heard you know something like that would make more sense not necessarily you know you're using the fish to to um make your video look better or yeah or 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 for the, you know, for a movie, you know, if the mo you're on set, mm -hmm. you know, the, when movies need a fish, um, which I've never worked on that, but you can tell the fish is stressed. That's the only other yeah. thing that the fish does get stressed. But if it's a tough, that's a tough thing, you know, it's, it's like, geez. You seem like a, like you have a, a lot of integrity though with your show, just by interviewing you right now. Um, do you think you learned a lot of that from your father? Like kind of like, like learning the ropes or did you kind of go, Hey. I'm going on my own route. This is how I'm going to do it. 
Uh, I learned a lot. I just learned a ton from him, and I, and I learned because I see when you had to make those big decisions, you know, some of those business decisions that were really tough, and to see the stress that it put on him, and and like back in, in fishermen, this is back in the when was it in the '80s when they refused to take beer and alcohol sponsors, they abs and it was a lot of money. <laughs> that they turned down. I mean, a lot of money, especially yeah. back then. If and they refused to take the money, and and my dad was, you know, and corporately, and some of the people like, why the hell wouldn't you take, <laughs> you know, and the others, you know, why the hell wouldn't you take that money? And it was sort of a, and they never did. They never had to, you know, up until and maybe it happened after they sold the company. But you know, back then when they when they 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 turned down the, you know, the, you know, seeing that turned down the alcohol and turned down the cigarette companies, which have big pockets, very, very yeah. big pockets. Yeah. And, and the integrity with that. And just to see, you know, some of the things that my dad's are just like, he just won't do it. Like he doesn't do like gimmicky holding, you know, no. this is my, you know, like you don't see him on doing a lot of like, uh, like uh, Talladega nights. You ever seen that movie? What is it? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Just, <laughs> this is Ricky Bobby. I'm old. Good. Yeah, which he could easily, you know, just go plug any pro, any off-brand thing. Just hold, you know, like just hold something up and be yeah. like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah. Um, and the brand, you know, and the brand loyalty through the years for Ingram Edge for Rapala. They've had Rapala for how many years? I don't even know how many. The Rapala's 25 years. Mercury's wow. like 40 years. Yeah. Lundboat's four. It's like you're talking decades-long partnerships through these brands. And I think that brand integrity where you're not jumping brand to brand to brand. Then um, obviously there's, a, you know, you still got to put food on the table. But if you're doing things right and, you know, a lot of things are out of your control with the brand. But if you're doing things right with those brands, you're at least with them. You know, for a number of years, it's not, you know, sometimes you see these companies and especially with some of these YouTubers, they're with a brand for a year <laughs> and they don't understand the business. They don't understand, you know, yeah, they understand business, but they don't understand the fishing business. And people see that they see them jumping from brand to brand. They see them jumping to the next paycheck. If they're, if they're, if they're promoting a, a different, something outside of the fest, fine. You can promote all you want. Yeah. If, it's a, if You know, but if it's fishing lures all of a sudden on oh, next year you're with this fishing lure company you're with this fishing lure you're with this rod brand all of a sudden that rod brand is gone and this is the next one but no, wait a minute now that one's gone and then now you're promoting this one yeah yeah okay, no, just I mean, don't even promote any or just you know. <laughs> just fish yeah i mean it's for a paycheck i guess a lot of these these kids i mean look at uh john b that guy's gotta be killing it right for youtube making a lot of money yeah, and he kind of did his own bait company, right? They had that Guggen baits where they kind of yeah, yeah and, they, I mean, and they've done they've done really well. And I've I got I've started following those guys back when they had I don't even know. I mean, they were still it was like this like back in early very early 2016, probably even the end of 2015. When I started following, watching their channels when they you know when they just had I was a very early subscriber probably when they had. 30,000 subs yeah 20,000 subs and I, and I watched them and and very very cool to see them I saw them I think at ICAST you know it's a few years ago at ICAST you know when they were just they were still 
just starting to break, you know, break into that. And, and they've done extremely well, you know, yeah. they've done really, really well for their brands, you know, and that's, and that's great. I don't know them personally, uh-huh. but what they've done to, to, you know, some people don't like them, they get a lot of, but you know, I don't know them personally. I yeah. watch the videos, the production value on some of the videos are very, very good. And it's very enjoyable to watch. And John B, some of his, I like his international stuff when he goes chase GTs and some of that. And, and, and I enjoy the content and they, they built a good brand off the, off the Guggen Bates and it's selling really good. And the marketing yeah. behind it is excellent. Yeah. Um, so did you grow up, uh, out here or did you grow up back East? Back East grew up in Minnesota. And then, uh, after high school, Arizona state went to Arizona state and then, uh, left with some buddies came out to SoCal and I've been out here ever since. Wow. So I've lived in SoCal longer than the, I think now officially, yeah, I've lived here longer than anywhere else. But you were fishing back east lakes at that time. And I would go back in the summertime or go back. And in my summers during college, I'd go back and work in the professional walleye trail. And I'd film that with the big cameras. We used to have weight belts to hold the batteries, these like 30 pound weight belts. And then you'd plug it into the can, these giant cameras that were like this big. You know, and you put it on your shoulder like this and you plug it into your weight belt. And you'd have to wipe, you know, find something to white balance and zoom in these tapes, you know, you put in the tapes and, and, you know, I kind of cut my teeth from a lot of different things, you know, being fortunate enough to do that, but understand what it takes, you know, back then to go film, you know, on the water and get the, with a huge camera. Do you ever uh, eat it with the camera, like fall or anything? No, wow. I trip a little bit, but I never broke a camera. Never Knock fell overboard with it. <laughs> Fortunately, I, I did. I did okay. And now, and to get the underwater shots back then, you'd have to have a clear glass thing with heavy weights that would sink oh, wow. down. And, I mean, the thing would be you know a hundred and fifty pound thing because it and it would be glass, and then it would just be able you know, and you'd have two feet of clear you know and then you could drop the big camera inside of it just over the side of the boat and then that's how you got a lot of you know back wow. then you're you know it was 20 years ago how you get an underwater shot was that or probably even more than 20 years ago and now you just take your gopro and put in a selfie stick <laughs> did you uh and that's what you were doing you were, were you doing a lot of tournament stuff then fishing too uh, no, I, w- I was filming the the walleye Just trail filming. tournaments, professional walleye trail. I filmed those back in the in the late nineties when that was when that was coming up, mm-hmm. and then I really didn't do the tournament stuff until about two thousand and six. I think I got into the tournaments in SoCal. Mm-hmm. So between then, after I came to LA, I started personal training, and I did a personal training business for a number of years for like right. fifteen, sixteen. Weight training and stuff. Yeah, yeah, physical oh, cool. training. Yeah, wow. personal training. You still do that? You don't do that no more at all? No. 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 The 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 time, you know, to, to be away so much for the travel, for the fishing, to go back and, I, you know, I tried it for one year and it didn't work with my clients, you know, so yeah, I, so I kind of had to step away from that. I still try to do some fitness stuff, you know, some fitness information on social media the best that I can from all my years learning, mm-hmm. you know, in the in and trying to apply it to what we do, you know, to fishing to help our shoulders because fishing is a very, a very physical activity. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is. And you have companies like um, Wilderness Athlete, 
that really support you you know outdoor they make products for outdoorsmen you know supplements for outdoorsmen they use their stuff i've been with them now for a few years and awesome awesome company um you know for hunting and fishing and they care you know it's not like another you know that they make stuff the products they make are for the outdoorsmen yeah um and uh, our activity, you know, if you're saltwater, you're in, you're cranking a big. I mean, that's <laughs> and that's work. Yeah, I know, <laughs> definitely. Um, so when when you uh, how 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 did your whole tournament career? Because you, you really you do you still do tournaments somewhat? I don't do as many, okay. but I started out a lot of the team. You know, a lot of the team tournaments in Southern Cal. Me and Derek still do it. You know, yeah, we still do a few. Um, each year, depending on uh, on our schedules and and the t- you know the tournament scene, it was interesting getting into the tournament scene at the end of the big bass. You know, I did get into the the gigantic trophy bass. You know, in the early two thousands, you know, when those fish in casitas and when the, you know when there's just teeners every single day. You know, a teener was wow. caught, and you know, in San Diego. I missed that whole. I was on the the downside of that curve when when all those fish you know stopped. I remember going to Lake Casitas and seeing these I don't even know thirteen to fifteen pound bass in a tree. Wow. You know, you just would see it. Yeah, and you just like they wouldn't bite. You know, <laughs> but you'd see one and just like you look at the fish and and I'm saying thirteen to fifteen it could be sixteen, could be twelve. I mean, that when they get that size and you're looking at them and they're just like wait it doesn't even look real i mean it's just and it's just sitting there it's just you know just kind of sitting there and you throw something by and it would look at it the big swim bay and just would sit like that <laughs> you know and, and just wait you know it's just waiting for like a a two pound trout to swim by and then grab it yeah you know? what was your uh, pb when you're doing that uh jeez I had one. I went down to the Lagoon uh, Castaic with Bill Simentel and my dad. We went down there, and Bill set us up on a whole trolling thing. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, it was like 11-something, but it was Bill set up the, you know, he set everything up, so it wasn't like me casting. And he can, he put us on, on the fish for that. Yeah. That was my biggest with an asterisk on it. Um, it was a guide, you know, a kind of a guided trolling. Yeah fish it was still amazing just to see that at the time you know one of the biggest fish i've ever seen oh yeah um, in person and my biggest you know that i would say my biggest real i had one in a tournament diamond valley i think it was 10 and a half pounds um and the, the biggest bass i've ever caught in my life have been during tournaments wow so everything eight and above have always been in tournaments that's kind of uh, nice FLW though, right? or team tournaments that's really nice though right because it helps <laughs> yeah yeah so i've had yeah and i think it like in texoma i got that giant one almost nine pounds the first day yeah. in texoma fishing in flw yeah. i had the big fish um at one flw the whole tournament at clear lake once uh second big bass uh, ever at the well I, you know it the biggest bass you know some of the biggest one like i said have been during tournaments which has been i guess good but i've but it's amazing as much as I've, you know, fished in the time in the water that I still haven't, <laughs> you know, caught, you know, just out just regular fishing. That yeah. I, would, I just, I actually broke one off at um, last, when was I fishing? I was at Skinner and I think this was in February, early February. I did have one that was in that eight to 10 pound range on. Wow. Uh, hooked into a light line. I was just, the water's really clear. I was just finessing. Then it ran me into the Thule's 
Oh, they didn't actually put the GoPro on. I'm just seeing it spinning around. And the thing is, it just swam into the toolies and it was like kind of up on top, up deep in there and swimming. And I just was like, I had it on the line. Like, I can't. I was just trying to. <laughs> it broke me off. That was one of the biggest large mouth I've ever hooked into in my life. Wow. I was like, I set the hook and I'm like, okay, this feels like a good one. And the thing comes up and jumps and I'm like, <gasps> and I'm in a rental boat. Yeah. So I'm not like I'm on a trolling boat. This was in a rental boat. It's small boat fish. I was, you know, they're, they're 14 foot, 14 or 16 foot aluminum. And you can't, you know, you set the hook like that in a big fish. It'll pull the boat towards the fish. It's not like a trolling motor where I can meticulously guide. I had a little trolling motor in the back, but you know, you're trying to, you're trying to fight the fish and it's a hand, th- you know, I got yeah. a little hand throttle clamp on trolling motor, <laughs> but even then a small boat to get back to what we were talking about before a small rental boat, yeah. and you can go out there and still catch big fish. Do you feel, do you feel sometimes it's hard? Well, yeah. Do you feel like sometimes it's hard for you to put the camera down and just to fish? Cause maybe you just want to catch you. It's hard because you don't know if you're going to catch that footage you might need or, sometimes yeah sometimes that it, you know i want to get the shot and it's nice when you do get the shot when things line up and it's kind of i know jim shockey i heard him him talk about that now when he when he uses his i don't know guns he uses that double barrel sight in whatever he uses yeah. i guess it's a very specific gun that's like a true old school like you got to be really good uh-huh. with that gun and and I remember, like, he enjoys now, it's with that gun, with the right angle at the light, with the camera guy over his shoulder to get a rare, you know, or not a, you know, get, let's say a rare animal, get whatever he's going after. Yeah. He's in Africa, and get all that to line up, the light is on the animal, like, that's what he, he enjoys capturing that whole moment. And I'm enjoying, you know, I can go out and just go fish for carp just on my own and i love it absolutely love it i can go bass fish with it go to city park lake go to el dorado mm-hmm. um and have my gopro with if something happens happens but it is nice you know when when i go out and try to get something and try to set up you know when i go out specifically for a shot and get that sometimes happening you talk to the king you mention something and you throw out there and it like the first or second cast it happens it's a pretty cool you know it's a pretty cool feeling yeah I bet it's got to be stressful sometimes because even when I'm just messing around or put a GoPro on just for the Instagram channel, I'll be like, damn, I should have had that on or should have, you know, you really screwed there is shot the exact, up. Or, yeah, <laughs> the fear of missing out, or I don't know, I don't know if FOMO applies, applies to that, but the, yeah, the fear of missing out and the uh, fear of missing the shot. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. It is, it is because it's like, you know, just it's sometimes, you, I mean, you have that eye and I've kind of been doing video a little more. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh man. Or sometimes it'll just be like a sun coming over the jetty or something, you know? Yeah. And I like those a lot. And that's a I lot got cool. one at this last FLW. I was fishing at Havasu and I was um, fishing in a small rouse. Fish. I fished that tournament in the uh, Pure Watercraft electric outboard. Oh, and wow. and the first time like at that, we're, we're testing. We had new, um, I've been with Pure Watercraft for a few years now, kind of helping them on the fishing side. And, and this was the next, you know, round of battery systems that they developed and, and outboard. And we kind of, you know, kind of threw a hat in the ring at a big time. Let's really put it to the test at a, at a, where there's so many unknowns mm-hmm. in that's a tournament situation and a big tournament situation. Yeah. 
And I was, I was fishing from the marina with, with a, you know, idling, which is nice in the quiet out where you idle in there. It's nice and quiet, go down the slips. And I went to the back, and there was a, a, a bass on a bed over the railing. And I, I flipped in there, and I caught the fish. And it pretty heavy. And I figured, you know, I saw the size of the fish, 17-pound test. And my rod, like, I can pick this fish up if nothing happens. Sure enough, I get it on the dock, set the hook, lift it up drag across the dock and then in between the dock and the oh. boat i went to put it on the on the boat and it went in between them you know it was like a four pound <laughs> bass and, all, and i without even thinking i just grabbed the line with my i just like put the rod down grabbed the line with my hand lifted the line up and put it in the boat and i wish i would have had you know catch it throw over the dock catch the fish yeah you know the the fish goes on the dock and then back into the water and then the way it was directly down, so I didn't have any leverage with the rod because the rod was already up at the top. Yeah. So I would have had to like go up and get it. So the best thing, I just grabbed the line and went, <laughs> I was like, don't break. <laughs> the whole time thinking that. Uh. <laughs> but moments like that, like I wish I had that on film, but it's still, you know, you can't, you know, it, you have things like that. It's hard to predict that you know, when those, when those magic moments are going to happen. Some of the beauty shots, like you said, with the jetty, with the sun yeah. like that, you can kind of predict low light shots, you know, beauty shots of just a slow motion cast or something that people, you know, that, that I always like the, you know, some of the beauty shots like that too can always work and they're evergreen too. They can, you know, anytime yeah. you can post those things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on, Troy. Let's uh, plug your sponsors and your shows. Everything yeah, yeah. Thank you for for having me on. Again, I want to thank Derek Stewart for uh, yeah, me too for uh, uh, hooking us up on here. And uh, Rapala, Rapala VMC hooks. I've been with them for a number of years, and through my you know through the involvement with Linder Media, you know, over the years, uh, a fantastic company. And recently went to actually went over to France last year, the VMC headquarters, to actually see how those hooks are made. Wow. And I couldn't film inside the factory. They said no filming inside <laughs> the factory and don't talk about necessarily what's going It's incredible. <laughs> so when I look at the VMC hooks, now knowing the the whole process, uh, unbelievable. Uh, like as a wilderness athlete, too, mm-hmm. if you use code FISH, you can save 10% on your order. And, um, the, you know, go to wildernessathlete.com and Coda Motors, uh, Pure Watercraft. Uh, you go to purewatercraft.com, you'll see I just posted a couple things, you know, from the, from the electric outboard there. It's a 40, 40 to 50 horse equivalent, gas equivalent. Um, and it's starting to, it's going to make some, make some big waves in the industry and just in the boating industry, you know, for all the benefits of it. It's just incredible. And Coda, I want to thank them as well as Hummingbird Lake Master Chips. Um, and, um, you know, and thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to to share. And what shows can they catch? Uh, where can they catch your shows? Where can, where, where can the angling buzz, angling buzz airs on Fox sports, North Fox sports, Wisconsin, and some other, you can also get on YouTube angling buzz. The Ontario experience is on the sportsman channel. That's airing right now on the sportsman channel every single week called the Ontario experience, YouTube, the Ontario experience, as well as all the 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 appropriate facebook and you can follow me on instagram troy linder facebook troy linder fishing great thanks again troy appreciate it hey thank you i appreciate it thank you